times a day. Don't put an octopus on your face. Get used to eating bugs. These are all things we've learned today. Mm. Speaking of the animal world, fatherless male elephants. Stay tuned. Not an overly wordy band name. An actual phenomenon. Customs and immigration. Perhaps you call them ICE. Swept through seven work sites in six cities across Mississippi yesterday. Arrested almost 700 people. Undocumented immigrants. Illegals. In what officials say is the largest single-state workplace enforcement action in U.S. history. They'd been investigating this for many moons. They discovered, to the shock and horror of many, that meat processing plants are absolutely stuffed with illegal immigrants, which anybody who's ever lived anywhere near a meat processing plant has known for decades. Would that be fair? Oh, yeah. When did 60 Minutes do their big story? God, it might have been 10 years ago. It might have been longer. I remember when they did a story, I think, in Nebraska about a town that had a big packing plant. And uh, they went undercover and how you would meet everybody at the, the pool hall when you, when, you, when you snuck into the country and you came into town. You knew that's where you were supposed to go. And that's where you meet a guy there. And he'll hook, up you, hook you up with the social security number and the ID. Mm-hmm. So then you go work at the packing plant. The packing plant does this. A tax-paying, registered, legal company in America is running this underground thing. Everybody, lots of people know it right. at all kinds of different levels. It's been right. going on for, for decades. And uh, those of you still mystified by the election of you-know-who, so you're living in one of these towns. The population doubles in the course of a couple few months. Nobody of the new half of your population speaks any English. Now, Joe Biden and company would say, well, that's white supremacy to object to that. People would react the same way in the Republic of the Congo or in Switzerland or in France or in Japan. All of a sudden, the population of your town doubles and nobody speaks your language. It freaks people out and it changes their their hometown in ways that they can't accept. It would also freak out, uh, name an elite, name somebody at the top of politics, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, McConnell, whoever. We'll make it bipartisan. It would freak them out, too, if all of a sudden their neighborhood spoke a different language and their school spoke a different language and they couldn't get into the emergency room. But that doesn't happen in their neighborhood. No, of course not. So they're all for the greater good of diversity and jobs and all that sort of stuff. And uh, and don't think or understand. I don't think they even are aware of what it does to the towns where these, for instance, here packing plants are. They might be aware. I don't think they care. And if and then politically, people claim that if you react negatively to everything changing in the town you loved and grew up in, that you're somehow a terrible person. Right, including uh, certain uh, cultures that have values that are vastly different than mainstream American values, and many of us find despicable violence toward women. Uh, violence in general, crime, corruption, etc. But again, if you object to violence uh, toward women in a particular culture, that makes you a white supremacist, according to Joe Biden. Moving along, uh, the ICE director said in the news conference, some of those arrested will be prosecuted for crimes, others will be swiftly deported, and some will be released pending immigration court hearings, uh, partly because you know when they go on one of these uh, raids, and they're looking for, say, 200 specific people. If you appear not to have any sort of papers, then you will be uh, rounded up as well. Um, and I tell you what, speaking of uh, you know the recent electoral uh, victories, 
people in those small towns or uh, back when illegal immigration was actually a topic in Cal Unicornia, we used to talk about this a fair amount. And how many emails, letters, calls did we get from contractors, uh, for instance, in construction, who just said, I can't compete anymore with the people who hire illegals. Their prices are just too low. Um, and landscaping companies said, I tried and I tried, but I'm being put out of business. I can't charge as little as they do because they're, they're paying illegals frequently under the table, no payroll taxes, no bonds, no nothing. And I'm being ruined. I can't compete anymore. Now, those, all those people and the people in small towns we were referencing earlier, uh, here, politicians, pr- primarily the Republican party saying, we're going to crack down on illegal immigration. And we're going to get E-Verify going, and we're going to enforce the law, and blah, 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 blah. And then you, you take three minutes and you look it up. The guy who owns the plant that's employ, employing thousands of illegals, he's a registered Republican. And you're thinking, wait a minute now, what's going on here? And, you know, after a while it became clear what the pattern was. The party was just lying to people. Then you got this uh, guy from reality TV slash building hotels who says, no, no, I'm going to do it. And they believed him. And uh, and and you don't like one term. Brace yourself for 2020. We shall see. But you can't systematically lie to people for. Well, you know, as the great Abe Lincoln put it, you can't fool all of the people all the time. Or you can't fool them, you know, so for such a long time that nobody catches on. Boy, I, ju- I heard an Abe Lincoln quote yesterday, and, you know, who knows, maybe it's Mark Twain or Thomas Jefferson or made up on the Internet. No, I think this is an actual Abe Lincoln quote. Uh, Run it by me. I've probably heard it. Uh, I think you have. And it was around the issue of are we uh, headed towards civil war in this country, which when I heard people mention it a couple of years ago, I was like, geez, whatever. How over the top are you in trying to? Be a bomb thrower and get attention. Sure, the age of hyperbole, and as little, we've said many and times. Little by little, I've gotten to the point just by witnessing the world, and so have a lot of you probably thinking, it's not an impossible thought. Right. It's not a crazy idea. And I'm hearing more and more people throwing around this term, cold civil war. Hmm. Uh, well, we had that story earlier about, um, so this guy who runs a bunch of gyms, places people work out, uh, had held a Trump fundraiser. So there's a big uh, movement toward don't work out at those gyms. So people are boycotting those gyms because of who he the, the owner of the gym uh, donates to politically. You got the whole Julian Castro's brother thing releasing the names of people who donate to Trump. And it happens on other sides. You know, that this right. is where we are now. Yeah, to try to get them hounded out of their businesses. And it's not the sort of thing that happened, you know. You know, I, I got to jump in. I don't see a lot of conservative politicians outing the contributors of progressives. I've not heard that. I think the progressives are extra savage and vicious now because they've convinced themselves of their own crazy rhetoric. But go on. Yeah, I was thinking of like other sorts of things, not the same thing. Okay, but uh, sure. And if it's wrong for one side, it's wrong for both. Come on now. It's uh, well, you can't uh, you can't deny it's pretty hot out there right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So anyway, um, the Abe Lincoln quote was, "Nobody wanted war, and yet war came." Wow, that is good. About one. how you know how hot the rhetoric was before the Civil War, mm-hmm. and, and you know I'm sure that's true. There's always the fringe nut jobs that think war is a good idea or won't last long or something, but mm-hmm. in general, 
I know, I've read enough about pre-Civil War history, and think people thought they could keep saying and doing these really outlandish things and demonizing the other side, and we can keep going that. We'll still stay, you know, more or less sane about this. It won't right. go over the edge. Right. The, the footing's good here on the cliff. We're fine. <laughs> but when you, when you start, you know, sending around lists of names of political donors with, here's the address. Okay, what what are you saying to crazy people with that? Are you suggesting people write a letter to them? Why did you release that? Here's the business a Trump fan runs. What are you just? Uh, what is that? It's obvious what it is. Boycott them, intimidate them, scream at them on the street, that sort of thing. My worry is that. Uh, you tip over a cliff really fast, and then it just gets super out of control. When people get really scared. Like, you know, some people get drug out of their house by some lunatics and hurt or killed. Right. And then and then, and then somebody does it somewhere else in retaliation. And I could just, you could just see how it could snowball. Right. It would just or be perhaps uh, people are beaten down as they merely attempt to uh, attend a political rally. Can you imagine that? Oh, that's right. It's happening. And the mayors if uh, of those cities, San Jose, I'm looking at you, if they agree with the politics of the uh, the criminals, they'll just soft-pedal it. They won't do much about it. They won't protect the people. And, you know, you, you push people so far, they, they lash back, but we shall see. God, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, the one thing about uh, the history is that there's always something that happens that you weren't expecting. And what seemed to be uh, moving in one direction steadily all of a sudden gets upset. Sometimes it's upset for the good. I mean, we realize we all need to come together. Oh, I heard this gal talking today. She was so good. Uh, a, a black lady. She was um, uh, one of the nieces of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And she, um, she, like most human beings, she has kind of a mix of beliefs about various things. But she said she's incredibly troubled that we're getting away from the human race is one race. We're one blood. We're all God's children. We all need to see each other as equals and stop separating ourselves by race because that can lead in only one direction. Um, it was just absolutely terrific. And she's obviously correct. So I would like to think at some point something happens and we all realize that. You know, the Martian attack is the, the classic example. When something, uh, an external threat comes, we realize, oh my God, all of us who have all of this in common have been at each other's throats over minor differences, or even, you know, semi-significant differences. Um, usually something like that happens in history. Martian usually, attacks usually happen in history? Yes. And usually, How did I miss that? Usually, usually, or sometimes it, it tips the scales in terms of understanding. Sometimes it tips them in terms of greater, in the direction of greater anger. Right. We shall see. Oh, God dang. Stay tuned, everybody. So this I is le- exciting. I learned something yesterday about why Clickonomics is ruined, or how, why and how Clickonomics have ruined America. What's Clickonomics? That's uh, that's the idea. You got to get a bunch of clicks on your website. That's oh. the most important thing. Oh yeah. I mean, really, no matter what business you're in, in some cases, but certainly for the media. I'm looking one at right here that 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 showed up on our uh, Twitter feed. Denise Austin is 62 and far from her fitness days. What happened to these 80s fitness stars? <laughs> That's clickonomics. Oh, boy. That's getting you to click on that. Oh, and you boy. don't need that information at all. And a lot of times those companies have that thing. They generate clicks, and then they have ways to sell those clicks that that story generates to the right. various sites that they right. put their ads right. on. So, and, and what happens if your elephant doesn't have a dad? All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Florida toilet exploded after a septic tank was struck by lightning. But there's some good news. Larry the Cable Guy has a new twin brother. <laughs> oh, darn it, I was reading something and missed the joke. Was that a funny joke? Very yeah. short. Let's hear it again. Mm. A Florida toilet exploded after a septic tank was struck by lightning. But there's some good news. Larry the Cable Guy has a new twin brother. <laughs> Is that like a superhero reference? <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy? <laughs> Well, no. no, no, we know who he the is. The lightning striking. But the, Larry the, the Cable Guy was formed when a septic tank first initially got struck by lightning oh, in Florida. Is that oh, his origin? No, no, no. Oh. He's making it seem like Larry oh, the Cable okay. Guy, the you. character, would you. only gotcha. come into existence from lightning gotcha. striking a septic tank. Gotcha. That happened again. He now has a twin. Gotcha. Jokes are funnier after they're explained, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. Speaking of jokes, I got this. this uh, Joe's going to think this is too dark. Probably. Exercising would be so much rewarding. Hmm. Exercising It's not dark so much as incomprehensible so far. <laughs> what? You know, yesterday I ate five donuts. Yeah. I, I honest to God. Wow. I honest you got to give us a minute. Wow. And as I, te- <laughs> as I tweeted out some pictures of them, some people said, those aren't donuts. Like I ate a maple bar. That's like eating two donuts, really. But anyway, granted, um, I did not eat another bite the rest of the day, honest to God, <laughs> until the banana I had. I was sick the entire day. Wow. Sick the entire day from eating those five donuts. I would ignore that message from your body. I'm hoping, your body's meddlesome. It should shut up. I'm hoping I have the same uh, conclusion that you get, like if you drank too much Goldschlager one night in college, you never drink it again. I'm yeah. hoping that I'm I, my body won't allow me to eat donuts ever again. Anyway, got this text. Exercising would be so much more rewarding if calories screamed while you burned them. <laughs> wow. Wow! Oh, wow! <clears throat> wow! I kind of like that. Oh, you know, on a similar note, very briefly, we were talking about the insects before an exterminator put out. They ranked bugs 10 to 1, what you should worry about the most. Uh, mostly in terms of disease, as it turns out. But uh, my buddy Jeff sent me uh, this picture of, uh, and I've heard of these before. It's the bug assault guns that shoot little... Uh, it's like shotgun uh, uh, shells. It's like shotgun. What is it? Pellets. Pellets. Yeah. It's a, what's the uh, what's the term? I, I Cartridge. Get, I'm getting old. No, no. It's the specific the little things that come out of the that come out of the barrel. Rory Calhoun. <laughs> yeah. That's an inside joke. Bastard. You got to be a Simpsons fan to get that one. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> anyway, uh, but it, it shoots bursts of salt out that kill flies with amazing accuracy and effectiveness. And uh, he recommends you and your boys really need one of these. And and I mentioned, yeah, I've got to get one. He said they're now available with a laser sight. Oh wow! Oh yes, please. One of the scumbag shooters the shot. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. The shot is okay. salt. Speaking of shot, one of the scumbag shooters over the weekend. There were some red flags, but does that mean red flag laws are constitutional and would work and that sort of stuff? So we should discuss that more. It's interesting. I was looking at Tim Sandifer's uh, Twitter the- uh, feed uh, from yesterday, and he had this tweet. Tim the lawyer, Tim the lawyer, friend of Armstrong and Getty. And I don't know if he came up with all this on his own, but anyway, he had a summary of today's political discourse. And I don't know if this was yesterday or a week ago or a year ago. It wouldn't make any difference, really. A summary of today's political discourse. Number one, all bad things are attributable to racism. Number two, anything not attributable to racism is still attributable to racism. 
Number three, only racists think otherwise. Number four, white people are stupid and evil. Number five, Obama did it too. Number six, the choices between appeasement and those who want to murder and kill and destroy. Uh, bad people, blah, blah, that one's too long. I'll skip. Uh, nobody earns anything. The only things you deserve are other people's stuff. Uh, markets should do with, uh, but oh, Trump, 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 Trump mm. is one of them. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, wow. <sighs> yeah, yeah. This is why an obsession with politics will make you Looney Tunes. Oh, so as I mentioned, I'm excited about this new news venture that's coming our way. I hope from some people that we really like, Jonah Goldberg and Steve Hayes. Who are putting together a newspaper website thing, gonna have reporters and everything like that, but it's gonna be all about not following the story everybody's hair is on fire about every day. The gossip. Letting yeah. things kind of settle in, getting all the facts before you get to stories and stuff it's like that. It's an idiotic idea. It'll be interesting to see if that works. We'll fail in a week. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Standoff between Mitch McConnell and Twitter continues on and on, and it turns out another tech giant is listening to your conversations. Well, that, yeah. Okay. Wow. Knock me down with a feather. The smallest surprise in the world. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. I don't know if we picked up on this yesterday, but that mini-series that's going to be about the whole Monica Lewinsky impeachment scandal, American Crime Story, impeachment. That is the same people that brought us the OJ miniseries that was so good. Well done, yeah. Is going to hit televisions in the weeks before the presidential election. So it's going to be right when we're at the most fevered pitch of presidential elections. That's going to be on TV every night. I don't know if that helps or hurts anybody. It's a long time ago. Nobody's going to saddle... Kamala Harris or Joe Biden with the, the ills of Bill Clinton, I suppose. No, but if your wish comes true and Hillary gets back into the race in no. a late time. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, hey, I got one more web-based question for you. So I'm looking at this news story we're going to talk about later, and it happens to be on kind of a financial website, right? right. And it keeps hitting me up to subscribe like every 45 seconds. And I can either subscribe or the old, no thanks, I'm not interested in investing wisely. That sort of, sort of sarcastic, if you click here, you're admitting you're stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is there anybody who's bullied by that? And if you are, I, I would like to help you. Why doesn't it just sneeze at you and say, Tommy says what? <laughs> I mean, why does it do that? <laughs> just say, Tommy clicks here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will just... you subscribe or would you like to die alone? <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to die alone. I mean, if there can can I donate like blood or plasma or semen? Can I donate some spinal fluid or or like part of my vertebrae to people who have no spine? I need to click on subscribe because I do want to invest wisely. I mean, please. <laughs> Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, I tell you, the push is on. Hundreds of mayors are joining those calling for the Senate to return to Washington to pass two bills expanding background checks for gun sales. The House passed the bills earlier this year, and if the Senate passed it, that would send the legislation on to President Trump. I ask this again, and this is not a an attempt to shut down the conversation and score a point and, ooh, I gotcha. Probably out of racism. But would background checks have had an effect on any of the three recent shootings? I still haven't heard that yet. I know it wouldn't have 
I think in two of them for certain. Have they nailed down the other one? No, I don't think they've nailed down the other one, but the, but two of them, yeah, I've heard they said, no, I wouldn't have done anything. It wouldn't have changed anything as now, far as the, the law being proposed. This is a big picture comment, uh, but I happen to be listening to Nakedly Progressive Radio uh, this morning for a minute as I made my way in, and the, the gal was interviewing somebody, and they were talking about gun laws that they thought ought to be passed and the rest of it, and, and the guest said, and the guest I think was a congresswoman, said, well, the president's made it clear that uh, uh, assault weapons ban is a non-starter. So what we're thinking of is, what, and I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm mostly not on your side on this, and I'd like to point out Congress passes laws. Yeah. Congress writes and passes laws and can overcome a veto, and if you're in favor of that, you got to do it. Do the politics. But they just, and this is on a progressive station, preemptively gave up. Because they thought the president wouldn't have it. God, wouldn't you want to, if you thought that was a, a, a win, a political win, you pass it, you get it through and make him video it and hang it around his neck right. during the presidential campaign? Yeah, give me three minutes. I'll write you a brief speech about how the president's standing in the way of the will of the people. We're re- the representatives if of the people. If you believe that. I don't believe that. But. Right, but they just they, they just gave up preemptively, and that huh. shocked me. We as a people, we've forgotten the way our government's supposed to work. Meanwhile, Twitter has suspended Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's campaign Twitter account after the campaign posted video of protesters outside of McConnell's Kentucky home. They were banging on pots. They were shouting threats and profanities. Just stab the mother in the heart. A campaign spokesman blasting Twitter saying they'll allow the hashtag Massacre Mitch to trend nationally, but they won't let the campaign show the real threats being made against the Republican. Well, as of late uh, Wednesday, Team Mitch had not deleted the offending tweet containing the video, and Twitter's policy for accounts violating its rules on certain offensive content requires the account owners to delete the offending tweets in order for their access to be restored. So saying, I am the victim of this, is akin in Twitter's mind to perpetrating this. If journalist Andy No shows his beating on Twitter, that's the same as Antifa saying, look at this cool beating. Nah, no. I was watching Howard Kurtz of Fox um, talk about the media yesterday and, and how everybody needs to lower their rhetoric, their tone, you know, take it down a notch. And, God dang it, there's just there's just nobody who's willing to stick their neck out and say, we're not going to play this game. Look, I'm, I hate Mitch McConnell, but that was wrong. They're just, that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. On, on CNN or MSNBC. And, and, and I guess the idea is, well, they're doing it, but. Can anybody on any of the sides really do what Michelle Obama claimed they were going to do when they go low, we go high? Everybody goes low. Right. Everybody goes lower and then goes lower. Well, and Howard Kurtz also said something pretty interesting uh, today. I think it was Kurtz. I was listening to the radio because TV's a fad and it'll soon go away. Um, But he said, everybody talks about how Trump is changing politics and it'll never be the same. He said, I guess we'll see, but... He said, I believe journalism will never be the same. I think journalism has done itself enormous damage. And he gave the example that we've used several times of mainstream, big-time journalists and journalism organizations 
not saying many people believe the president's statement was racist or I believe it was racist, just stating unequivocally opinion as fact. The president's racist tweet this morning, they have done journalism uh, damage that they probably can't recover from. Microsoft contractors might be listening to bits of what you say over Skype's translation software. Microsoft allows third-party employees, third-company party employees, to listen to five to second uh, parts of the calls, many of them personal in nature. Now, the company says their goal for this is to analyze the quality of translations so the software can be improved. It also says they get people's permission through a user agreement so when you sign on for it, you're agreeing to let them listen into your conversations using the translator. So, Mr. President, if you're listening. So, in that user agreement that nobody reads, right. you you are allowing them to listen in. Yep. Huh. Yep. Yet another company, uh, you know, going ahead and just 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 to improve our service to you, we'll listen into your I call. St- I started reading loser uh, loser <laughs> yes. user agreements. Yep. And uh, wow, Freudian slip there. Yeah. <laughs> And it's kept me from using a lot of stuff that I want to use. And you don't have to read the whole thing. You can just kind of skim it and pretty quickly find the part you're going to hate. Right. Well, it's, it's clear what they're doing and why they're doing it. In their defense, you do have to listen to your translation and your artificial intelligence stuff. I mean, if it changes one perfectly acceptable word to a crazy word, which happens all the time, over and over again, right. you want to know that. I get it. But the problem is human beings are human beings, and they leak it, and they sell it, and the rest of it. Right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So I didn't really pay off the whole clickonomics thing that I wanted to talk about because I think we all uh, we all encounter that every day in our lives. And I'm afraid that if I don't pay off the fatherless elephants thing, our listeners will stomp us to death. I click on things that I know are clickbait. Just you know, very rarely I try to avoid it because I don't want to uh, incentivize them to do it more. But every once in a while, you get me with one. Yep, me too. Let's all admit it. What does that guitar player look like now? Yeah. Fat. <laughs> that's, that's usually a pretty good Almost guess. Almost always. <laughs> you You're name, rarely going to be wrong on the what they look like now. It will shock you. You no, name a great guitarist, and I'll tell she, you if he's fatter than he used to be. If he or she that was formerly hot is now... Fat, that's not going to shock me. Not really. No. (laughs) (sighs) Well, at least that one generally doesn't include a pair of unusually large breasts. You can't believe these pictures from history of women with huge breasts, apparently. My favorite one is how they, you know, because they're spying on you, I'm reading the New York Post, and because it's spying on me, it knows where I live. So it has my town in one of the suggested so-called stories. Right. That's fake. And you won't believe what realtors in your town are getting for houses like yours. And it's got a picture of, you know, some bikini model or whatever. Right. That's Is a she realtor, the realtor in my town. Does she want to buy my house? I'm a little confused. <laughs> All that on the way in the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wiped the footprints off my dash, tore through sun for 
I was listening to a podcast yesterday of a couple of journalists that are trying to start their own site, and they're they're hoping to be a big deal, and they haven't even come up with a name for it yet, which they said is amazingly difficult. Huh. Their business guy that they brought in said, the thing that's going to drive you crazy is coming up with a name. Huh. And they thought, why would that be a big deal? It ends up being just hugely difficult. Because every website is taken and or sounds like something else or just all kinds of different things. But anyway, mm. uh, anyway they want to be this big news site and they want to focus on a couple of different things uh, that, that they don't feel like's happening right now. Like not just reacting to the story of the day, waiting till stories have been around for a few days and all the facts have been known and people have calmed down and then reporting on it and writing about it and having opinions about it. Um, like Joe said earlier, I'm not sure this will work. And, I love the idea. Are yeah. you trying not to prejudice it, prejudice it by naming the guys? Or no, I just don't know how many people even know who they are. Well, but, I think a lot of people in our audience do. Uh, but Jonah Goldberg, who's mostly been with National Review and a couple other places, and then Steve Hayes, who is with um, uh, Weekly Standard, which could went away. not love Steve Hayes more. He's so great. He's so reasonable. And they're starting this Jonah's together, and they're funny, but... they're a couple of guys in their early fifties that uh, and they, they, it sounds like they're really putting their lives and fortunes into this. But anyway, um, they were talking about how difficult it's going to be to to retrain advertisers that are used to in this clickonomic world certain numbers that websites produce, right? And getting them trained to say, look, those those clicks, they, they don't really count as anything. They're all right? fake. <laughs> they don't really count anything as anything for an advertisement on our news site. Mm-hmm. Um, the way our product is going to. And we want, we, we don't want, we want readers, you know, that are here for the information and a certain, uh, you know, quality of reader. It'll be interesting to see if it works. Right. I mean, I think it's, I really hope it works. And then, because they're going to be a conservative version of this, and then maybe there'll be a left-leaning version of this sort of thing come along, where you actually treat people like adults, and you're not surrounded by banner ads with with either big boobs or cute dogs or whatever to try to get you to click on them. And so, how are they going to make money from this? <laughs> exactly, uh, and and making the statement, we don't hire Chinese click farms. All right, these are real human beings. You got to adjust your scales, but I, don't, I wish them well. They haven't talked about it. I don't know if it's going to be like you pay for it. Like I pay for the New York Times. Right. I pay a subscription a, for the New York Times. That's a perfectly viable yeah. business model. Yeah, but you got to be good. Yeah, you got to be good, and you and you, you'd have to be in for the long haul to establish a reputation of it's worth this to pay for it. You know, on that topic, and we'll get to the fatherless elephants in a moment or two. Uh, a number of people have sent this long, and I'm glad they did. It's from Carl Sagan's 1995 book, The Demon Haunted World, which is uh, sounds like a Stephen King novel, but um, how good is this? From 95, I have a foreboding of an America in my children or grandchildren's time when the United States is a service and information economy, when nearly all the key manufacturing industries have slipped away to other countries, when awesome technological powers are in the hands of the very few, and no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues, when the people have lost the ability to set their own agendas or knowledgeably question those in authority, when, clutching our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscopes, our critical faculties in decline, unable to distinguish between what feels good and what's true, we slide, almost without noticing, back into superstition and darkness. The dumbing down of America is most evident in the slow decay of substantive content in the enormously influential media, the 30-second sound bites, now down to 10 seconds or less, lowest common denominator programming, credulous presentations on pseudoscience and superstition, but especially a kind of celebration of ignorance. A celebration of ignorance. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's keep working on that slogan. 
And that was written in when? 95. Kruger National Park in South Africa. Founded by our colleague Larry Kruger. (laughs) Sorry, just a shout out to a friend. (laughs) Um, Had some serious uh, elephant population problems. The once endangered species had recovered to the point that the park couldn't support all of its elephant herds. And so they worked with another wildlife refugee, a uh, refuge park, rather, um, not terribly far away, to relocate a good number of the elephants. Well, a logistical problem arose, as it so often does in life, when they realized the harnesses and the uh, helicopters and all could accommodate the females and the young, but the supersized bull males were just too big for the harnesses. So they decided we need to do something, so they relocated the herd, leaving the father elephants behind. And then something completely unanticipated happened to the young male elephants in their new home without their father's presence. And if you don't know much about elephants, they're very social creatures. They're amazingly human-like in their behaviors. They also have trunks. Well said. And uh, without their father's presence, the young male elephants began displaying very un-elephant-like behavior, terrorizing the other elephants and animals, even goring rhinos to death, which they don't do. Surprisingly, the calming influence of the female elephants had very little benefit to the young males. They literally needed the bull elephants to keep them in line and model how elephants act. That's interesting. Yeah. That is really interesting. Yeah. And and this article, which obviously has sympathy to that point of view, and anybody of good conscience does, nearly 24% of children in the U.S. grow up in fatherless homes, nearly a quarter. Children without a father in the home are more likely to abuse drugs or alcohol, more likely to face abuse or neglect, more likely to have behavioral mental problems, and four times more likely to live in poverty. Four times. And then we had that stat yesterday that 90% of the people he came across in in prison and uh, school shooters and everything didn't have a father. And yet, if you defend fatherhood or the value of fathers, you are seen as attacking women or especially attacking single mothers. But so that that awful term that I wish was never invented, toxic masculinity, I wonder if it turns out if you eliminate fathers from the mix, masculinity gets turned toxic. Well, Something that's normal like masculinity gets ends up toxic. To a large because extent. Because it didn't get formated right or channeled correctly or whatever there's some of that there's also some of uh of the feminazis as rush limbaugh would put it and they are quite distinct from strong women who believe uh women should have an important role in running the world etc etc which i believe firmly um but those who believed feminism must be anti-man and that Boys only act like little boys because they're defective. They won the day in education to a large extent. And so, yeah, those people look at normal masculinity and say it's toxic masculinity. In the same way everybody gets called racist all the time for everything. On the other hand, yeah, I see your point. You got little boys who don't know how to be men. And so, yeah, they act in ways that are terrible. My dad had talks with me about respecting women and how you treat women. And it's just different coming from dad than it is from mom. And there's that, and that there's no doubt that that's true. And I also wonder about this stuff, though. Um, as my kids are uh, like seven and nine right now, my back is killing me today from wrestling with them yesterday, but they <laughs> always want to do that. They don't ask mom to do that. 
And mom doesn't do that with Is them. she a poor wrestler? <laughs> and I just, I wonder what they get out of wrestling with their dad that we don't even understand. It's as natural as, as lion cubs wrestling and and bears and then the papa bear, or, you know, or whatever. It's various animals behave in various ways. There are no animals out there who have convinced themselves that, listen, the way we've been behaving naturally for millions of years, we need to stop that now. We need to change it fundamentally. The human brain is a blessing and a curse. I'm glad I have one. So what, uh, back to that other thing, what is, what is our reaction supposed to be to Carl Sagan predicting in 1995 what's going on now? Gee, he was smart, or does that do us any good? Or Meaning he's right, but we're here. I think, I think it helps to confirm your perception. If you've been thinking that, these giant tech companies have way too much power. And it's and I can't even understand how to oppose it. What are we celebrating? Stupidness. You realize that you're not. Um, you're not. Yeah, there's some of that. Yeah. Um, you realize. Wait a minute. I'm not alone. And people said this was coming. And sure enough, it's here. I'm right. It's just confirming. You know, your own perceptions. Celebrating ignorance. I think that's what. We're doing. Hey. Uh, a kind of celebration of ignorance. Yeah, that's what we're doing. The Armstrong and Getty Show.